I started working on my own mindset. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think people give up because they're not mentally strong enough. Like, dude, what's it going to cost you? You already put so much time and effort into something. What's it going to cost you? Yes, you might have been failing. Yes, you might have like messed up. Yes, you might not be getting a whole bunch of success. But like, what's one more time? What's one more little effort? What's one more give one more shot? Um, I think mindset is the biggest thing that that keeps people from achieving what they truly want out of life. I think mindset is what keeps people from like literally living the best life that they possibly can. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And we are back with the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. And I'm excited about our guest today, Dorian Serbin. And Dorian Servant has Servant Enterprises, marketing agency, and coaching. And that was my pitch. How did I do, brother? Aha, dude, you crushed it, bro. I love it. I'm excited to be here today. I'm glad to have you here, man. I'm glad to have you here. So where are you, where, where are you coming from? Where does everybody get to know where Mr. Servant's out of? I'm coming from uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, bud. Sunny South Florida, man. You know, I just noticed something. So I got this mic, and it's a blue mic. And it doesn't look as cool kind of doing that whole thing like this as the black mic does. It just, you know what I mean? Like, that looks good, bro. I got so, um, that just doesn't, right? Doesn't this just <laughs> not look as good? Yeah. So I, I've spent uh, a lot of money on these mics. I had that blue Yeti mic that, that came with it. And, uh, you know, seeing Joe Rogan, this is Joe Rogan's mic. Funny story, last year for Christmas, I got the mic. It's a $450 mic. I get all excited. I go to the store. I go to Sam Ash Guitar Center. I buy it. I come back to the office. I set it up and the mic doesn't work. So it's a $450 mic, but you need a, a, a diffuser and like a, a in the box. So it's a thousand dollar mic. What do I have? It's called the focus site. I have the focus site. Yeah, the, fo the focus, right. And then you need like a little cloud booster or something. <laughs> So I got back to the office, got back in the car, went back to Guitar Center. I was like, hey, you need to sell me more shit. Let's go. Sell me more shit. And Guitar Center will, will mess you up, bro. That place will Dude. mess you up. Because oh. I walk in that place, I'm like, I understand about six of the things in here. And the rest, I have no clue what happened. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just take my credit card and like, tell me what I need to buy. <laughs> Whatever that 10% uh, that you have that red sign that says, I'll take some of that too. <laughs> Dude, man, it's cray cray. Well, dude, I'm going to jump on something for you right away. Are you ready? And I think Shoot, let's do it. Thing because with your background, um, you have a marketing background, you have an agency, you've done coaching. And so I'm going to use a, a statement that you say, because I don't think it's as deep of what you meant, but I think that there's some really cool thing behind it. You're going to get a kick out of it. Everybody wants to be a gangster until it's time to do gangster shit. Now, I know, dude. You're, not, I know you're not a gangster, bro. But <laughs> you're out of Florida. I'm sure you can push some. You can push hey, I'm born in I'm born in the San Fernando sure Valley, dude. eyes out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm born in Los Angeles, bro. I might have a gangster in me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but my point is, I, I think that it's like it. I think that that's uh, the old saying as well. It's like um, you know, there comes a time when uh, the, the the lion needs to let the know let the gazelle know who's the king of the jungle. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was going on a walk. I, I like to do little walks every day, walk down to the beach and uh, the intercoastal and, you know, just clear my mind. And 
it, it hit me on, on the walk. You know, I've heard the quote before. I had a coaching call with, uh, with one of my clients and it was going over through some of his issues yesterday. And it just hit me. I was like, you know what? Everybody wants the results, but not everybody's willing to fucking pay the price. And I don't know if we can cuss on your podcast. I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's the whole premise of that. Like, Hey, everybody wants certain results, but are you really willing to dig down deep inside of yourself and pay the price and do whatever the heck it takes to get there? Are you willing to like sacrifice your time, your effort, your partying, your whatever to, to really get to what you're looking to accomplish at the end of the day. And um, it just sounded a lot cooler. What do you think? That, I mean, what do you think that the, because I agree with you, I think, but I think the term is like coming around like <sighs> being a gangster ain't pretty bro. It has a lot well, of risk. It has a lot of risk, right? There's, there's some, there's some reward, but you're going to have, I'm, I'm saying it as a positive. I'm, I'm not flipping it the other oh, side. Oh, totally. Like people don't realize what a savage you kind of got to be to get to the next level. I think that's, that's, that's exactly what it was is um, I had, I had one of, one of little, a little clip, I think on Instagram, one of the Instagram reels, Jordan Peterson's speech where he goes, Hey, you have to be a monster. Like you literally have to be a monster to, to accomplish anything in life. And it's not, I'm, I'm not talking about gangsters. I'm not talking about gangster shit in that sense. I'm talking about more in, in the sense of like, hey, everybody on, on, um, on Facebook has got entrepreneur in their bio and everybody is a CEO of something, which I'm not knocking. Hey, we all got to start somewhere. But you can't just call yourself an entrepreneur without like doing entrepreneur shit to really build a company, to really build a following, to, to do stuff. Um, I think a lot of people are just using it as a cop-out. I was talking to somebody and they're like, Hey, I have four businesses. Uh, I'm like, hold up. You've got four businesses. How much money are you making in each one? Well, one of them, you know, a couple hundred bucks here a month. One's like, you know, maybe a thousand. I'm like, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe have one business. You've got four really expensive hobbies, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know if I would run around telling people I got four businesses. You've got one business. But, you know, focus your time, focus your attention, put the effort in, put the grind in and, uh, and get shit done at the end of the day, you know? So, let, I mean, let's kind of break that down because I think that, <clears throat> and I talk about this with Moved a lot as well, and it's, in sports, there comes a point where there's that separation. If you watch the linemen in, in a football game or anything like that, there's a grunt that just gets dug in at the very end. Like there's that final press by the lineman. It's just one more little grunt. And I think that there's a sense of security with entrepreneurs that think you don't have to live through that. And I think that what you're saying, and I love the saying because it was, I saw it, I think you put it up today. So it was perfect at the top. But I think what, why I wanted to bring it up is because I don't have a natural what is your what is your gangster would be a question right so what is some people would say super superpowers i'd say one of my superpowers is very young early on i got i got rid of being totally afraid to like speak in front of public but when i sit down to write and express i have to be a gangster to get it done gotcha that's where you got to go within yourself to get it done. Whereas the public speaking is natural or most people would be scared of that one. 
you're completely opposite where you got to reach in within to get it on paper. I get that. And then also like, I think that it's very interesting because we have a lot of frameworks um, and when things don't work, uh, we assume that it's the framework when in reality, if there's a bunch of frameworks, it's going to start turning towards you. And I speak to myself in this conversation full blown. I mean, we were talking earlier, I just drank this bang and I think my heart's going to fly out just thinking about how much shit I F up. Right. But the question is, do you keep going wounded for the, for the victory? And I know that sounds maybe not always good, but like, dude, most dude. are, are, get their ass whooped. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it, man. It's like, I went through a really, um, I went through a really traumatic experience a year ago. So I've been an entrepreneur like my whole life. I'm 31. Um, my parents are immigrants. They, they escaped communism to come over here. Um, so I, I, I like saw that, that side, the hustle, like 24 seven, my, my family, everybody in my family owns a business. I grew up with that entrepreneurial spirit. I started my first company at 22, I was, I started commercial cleaning company, 22 years old, cleaning office buildings and shit like that. I had a couple of crews. So it was really, it was really badass. Um, but the big thing is, is the, is the hustle, the grind, the, the like, Hey, the, you just want to, you just have to want it bad enough and never give up. If you have that like drive inside of you, there's uh there, there's just, there's a huge, mental aspect to it so a year ago my ex-girlfriend we were together for 10 years she broke up with me over a phone call i was supposed to pick her up from the airport she went to go visit her folks she uh she never you know i was supposed to pick her from from the airport and she she starts crying she she calls me crying hey i'm sorry i'm like oh shit who died what happened she's like well i want to break up shit twilight zone like literally my whole world shatters i'm like holy fuck this is crazy this is somebody you've been with for 10 years you're expecting to be with for the rest of your life so I went through a really bad state of depression for like two weeks, didn't want to get out of bed, didn't want to go to the office, didn't want to do anything. And then for like two months, I was in a funk. But what I did is every single day, I put Jim Rohn, the ultimate collection on Audible in my ears for like, dude, literally five, six hours a day, just like I'd wear out AirPods. I bought two sets of AirPods because I would wear out AirPods just to listen to this. And that guy's voice is so like, it's like he's the Wizard of Oz. It hits home, bro. Like you hear him talk and you're like, oh shit. So I must have listened to you. You're like, okay, this makes sense. So I must have listened to that on loop for like two months. And I went from this, this progression from like going from the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me up, up until that point to uh, doing all the work on myself, realizing that like, hey, I'm to blame for it, taking the responsibility for it. But really, when I did that, and I did that shift, I, I started working on my own mindset. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think people give up because they're not mentally strong enough. Like, dude, what's it going to cost you? You already put so much time and effort into something. What's it going to cost you? Yes, you might have been failing. Yes, you might have like, messed up. Yes, you might not be getting a whole bunch of success, but like, what's one more time? What's one more little effort? What's one more, give one more shot. Um, I think mindset is the biggest thing that, that keeps people from achieving what they truly want out of life. I think mindset is what keeps people from like literally living the best life that they possibly can. 
And I think one of those is also accepting like who you are. I think that um, I've had to do this and I keep saying that in this conversation because we're talking about deep shit, right? And at the end of the day, <laughs> we were, we're scarred. We're the lion that many, that we're wanting to be the full main lion, but on that journey where the adolescence was scars all over our face, we leave our mother, we leave the father kicks us out and we're just out there kind of trying to make it happen. And then once something breaks, you're like, oh, this is possible. I could be the king of the jungle, right? But in that interim, I think what you're talking about is the mindset is one thing that I like to talk about is metamorphosis is a great example of a butterfly goes from a cocoon and the new person that you want to become can't take the cocoon. You never see a butterfly fly with the cocoon. And nope. so you have to be able to remove something. And whatever that piece is that you have to remove, it might not be, an, it, it could be an addiction. It could be, um, you know, the news. I'm, I'm a sucker, dude. I talk about this all the time. I'm a sucker for a good headline trying to rip the whole world apart lately, right? You're like, God damn dude, it. Like, I got rid of my TV four years ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they find their way in. They find their way in. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah but I feel you. <laughs> but my, my point is, like, I think that you got to kind of let something go to make room for something new. Well, yeah, you got to you got to let go of all those false beliefs or whatever beliefs you had to get to a certain point. You got to let those go to get new beliefs to get to the next level. So we're always growing, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, no matter what you're doing in life, you're you, you, you're becoming a better version of yourself every day. That's, so a couple of years ago, um, you'd made a statement and in your statement, you in 2018, uh, sound like a stalker when I do these all the time, but it's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> so, uh, you had made a post and it was just an image and it was neon purple and it said freedom. And when you're on an entrepreneurial journey in 2018, looked like it was something like September or something of 18, and you had posted freedom. And over these last years, we've gone through a lot of non-freedom. <laughs> what, um, after posting something like that, what is your thoughts on posting a thing, a statement like freedom? Is it, because we're talking about being gangster ass shit, freedom right. gets taken away, but freedom in business is what I think you were trying to express. Um, yeah. So here's, here's one quote. Uh, I heard it from Tony Robbins. I don't know who it's from originally, but it's the only reality that exists is the reality that you allow to exist in your mind. And when you take that in, it's literally like, Hey, I, I, I discovered this quote about six months ago and it totally like changed every, everything, everything, any. The way I think about anything, pretty much. Um, please share. And please. <laughs> please share. What'd you say? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, whatever this is. <laughs> well, that's that's the quote. It's it's the only reality. The only reality that exists is the reality that it, that you allow to exist in your mind. And when you think about it, man, if bad shit happens to you today and you choose to feel bad, you're gonna feel bad. If if somebody, you know calls you and choose you out a client calls you and choose you out and you choose to be affected by that you're going to be affected by it and have a shitty day or you could just say hey man he's having a shitty day i know that's not the type of person i know i'm doing my best job I'm, i know i'm doing what i need to do um and then it it dives down like i've been on this path of stoicism for the last six months 
And Epictetus once said, any man that, that angers you is master of you. So anybody or anything that can literally affect your state of being the way you choose to react controls you. They master you. So going back to it all, I think it's all mindset, man. I really do think that it's controlling that mindset, having that mental freedom to be able to choose what I can control and what I can't control and what I allow to affect me at the end of the day. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan because I think he- Oh, dude, his podcasts lately have been freaking fire, bro. Are you kidding me? Dude. I honestly, I think that, I always try to say this the best I can so I sound like a human that has some morals in my life. But the guy tapped every piece of the heartbeat, dude. He hit the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. He's hit the high to the high to the high. He's been at world champion that you would want to be around him. He's been 10 times heavier than he is. He's lost it all. He's lost his child. He, he lost his child. I mean, just a guy, and I talked about him all the time like this. <laughs> it sounds that way. But he made that exact statement. There was another guy, and he says, you know what? Screw that guy. He screwed me over. And he goes, that guy owns you. And the guy goes, and then the guy, he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, he owns you. He changed the way that you're thinking today. He's your master. And when you listen to Mike Tyson say it, you kind of look at the guy and you're like, well, you've probably been through this situation, so I can't say shit. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, so growing up, I grew up surfing um, right outside of Malibu. In, in Malibu. Um, and one of my old school surfer oh, buddies. Come on, what's the first point over there? Yeah. Right well, next to the pier. Right there on the corner. It, it's the what? On, um, on in Malibu, there's a cafe. They did Oh, Cafe, cafe Habana. Yeah, Cafe Habana, yeah. Yeah, I've partied, done a little bit of karaoke there on Wednesday nights. There's a there's a surf spot south of that on that corner. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surf that. Uh, one of my buddies, Charlie, you know, he's old school from the 60s, 70s no, surfer, dude. I got pissed off one day. I was like a punk kid, 19 years old. Somebody cut me off, put a, put a ding in my board. And I was all pissed off and I'm going to vent at Charlie. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm pissed off, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, he won. He's living rent free in your head. At that point, I thought it was funny. Ha ha, this is funny. But like looking back at it over the years, because that saying always stuck with me, living rent free in my head. Holy shit. I'm giving him like prime real estate in my mind for free, like literally for free. And it's not affecting them. It's affecting me. Um, And that ties into everything, like literally control your thoughts, control the way you think about things. I have my whiteboard. I noticed another thing. This was back. There you go. Talk about your Yeti. I saw something. You also have a big, huge whiteboard. Is that your whiteboard behind you? Uh, no, that's that's just my wall. I've got uh, in my office wall-to-wall whiteboards, whiteboards all over the place. Got a, right here behind this, I've got a four by eight. You probably buy the sheets, don't you? Oh, I, I, I've got a paint, a special paint that I paint ah. the walls. Yeah, but don't you feel like you can literally solve world peace with a, with a freaking expo marker and a whiteboard, bro? Dude, I can't even tell you how many relationship problems I've solved on that thing. <laughs> I'll solve any anything you got. Come over, bring a six pack and a whiteboard and, oh. a, and a marker. Let's go, dude. Oh, world hunger. Oh my god! Where that's I was going to go with that is, 
<clears throat> something that caught my mind the other day, and I actually just wrote it, wrote it down over here. And the reason that we talk about this is because like entrepreneurs, business owners, we go through these things. So these really do apply to business owners. This is like so applicable. And when we talk about the elimination, or I said metamorphosis or anything like that, how do we put that into play? And how do we prove it? How do we prove that that's real? Right. And I started what's to real? think about what is one of the things that you see? And this is one of the greatest ones that people will see. And I have it over here. I put like a line, but basically religion. And the reason why I can use this as an analogy is because if you have my shoe pin here, if you, if you have a line here, the moment that somebody gets on to religion, all of their inputs change and they remove the old inputs. That's all that happens. And as they start to move and evolve, somebody then says, you've changed. And like, no, I haven't changed. What do you mean? Well, they, you're not getting the same inputs as them anymore. So right. when you take in new inputs, you've literally taken, if you have your brain in your dome, input going in like this, you've just like changed that input and now you're going to get a different output. Totally. And I think that, and it's really good that we can't, I literally wrote that down two days ago. And I said, that is the greatest analogy of proof. Don't say I'm not pushing religion on anyone. I'm saying that the, that the fundamentals of inputs are proven through religion that you change. So that means how do we change your inputs? Some I don't even want to get rid of. I'll be honest. Some I'm addicted to. And I, some of them, I'm like, I got to get rid of that thing, but I just can't. I suck. <laughs> I'm not honest. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not trying to change everything. Just some of my flaws, man. Some of them I love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like, even for me, I mean, and I've never really talked. I, I have a, I say that I'm fairly athletic. I enjoy doing, I like to surf. I like fighting. I like all those things. And I think we get on these kicks of, mindset and all these things and clean and all this stuff and you know i like to have a couple drinks with my friends and i like to do those things and explore so i think that there's a point of there's got to be a balance unless well, unless you have a time period to to finish something well the way the way i like to look at it and uh i read this book earlier this year and it had a very aha moment for me it's the slight edge by uh, by Jeff Olson. It's actually sitting on my coffee table. I was just looking at it. So the slight edge by by Jeff Olson, and what you just said, that's what most people are looking for in life. They're looking for like, hey, I want to do this and get this result immediately. I want to start a business and make a million dollars. I want to go to the gym and have six pack abs, so on and so on. What he goes over in the book, The Slight Edge, and this is thinking of it this way shifts your mindset instead of just like, hey, I want this instant result. He says that there's two trajectories in life. There's never a plateau. There's never just flatlining. There's either you're gradually, slowly improving every single day, micro, micro adjustments that get compounded over time. And you look back in 5, 10, 15 years and you say, oh shit, there's a big change, or you're negatively not improving, you're negatively declining on a daily basis. So if you're not, nobody's going to wake up and just have the most amazing mindset. 
what you do is you realize you read certain books, you listen to certain things, you have a certain frame, like, hey, if something pisses me off, I understand I will be pissed off. I understand I will blow up, but I will catch myself before I take it to an extreme. I'll be irritated, but I'll catch myself, talk to myself. I know what I'll tell myself to back myself down. So nobody's perfect mindset overnight, unless you pay Tony Robbins $100,000 for him to do his magic on you. Then I think you could probably do it. But other than that- I still don't even know if that's true. I had a guy, um, I had a, I had, I have a post that I put in here and it's remove the fear of posting organically over seven days. And it's a lead magnet that I have. And it it gives a process on um, ultimately the grounds are that you need to be familiar with the area that you're in. You need to create familiarity. We are um, fight or flight humans. And so if we we don't put ourselves into these risky situations and then find out that they're safe, right? You can stand on the cliff as long as you're two feet back. Totally. Yeah. And so putting those frameworks for people to like get that out, but I don't, I had a gentleman had made a comment and their comment was, I have a background in, you know, these type of things and you can't, you know, why do you think repetition? And, you know, he's like, I can clear it in one day. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you can do that. You need to, you need to, you need to evolve into that new person. Yeah. Micro little micro, micro, micro adjustments. You don't just wake up one day and become a millionaire. You like, it's not one thing that turns you into multimillionaire. It's a lot of little things like the way you delegate your time, the way you lead, the way you deal with people, the way you do everything. It's a lot of little things that add up over the, over the day, over the years um, that get compounded into the end effect. So that's, I think we look at things way too, way too narrow-minded, way too short-sighted. We, we want that instant gratification, which is, hey, it's nice at times. But if you start looking at your life as like, hey, I want, I'm not building this business to make 10K a month. I'm building this business to be a million dollar a year business that I'm going to have. This can be my cash flowing business for five years. Now you look at things totally, totally different and you're willing to invest way more time than like that quick sprint to 10K a month. That's what I think the biggest message. And I made a couple of posts. I don't know if you saw them. Uh, I'm not knocking anybody, but I think it's funny when you get like little 19 year olds pitching you in the DM saying, hey, I'm a coach that coaches, coaches how to coach coaches to get coaching clients. That shit cracks me up. But we've got this short-sighted, narrow-minded thing where like, hey, I just want to get there really fast, but it's the journey. It's literally like, hey- Well, let's building- open that up. I think that you're, you're at a really good place in this conversation. Why? What do you mean, why? Why do they want to just get to the 10K? Well, because we're looking for that instant gratification. Like, hey, if I make 10K a month, all my problems will be solved. But then you realize you hit 10K a month, then, oh, shit, 10K a month really isn't 10K in your bank account. 10K a month now opens you up to different levels. You know, I remember when I hit my first 10K a month in my agency, I was like, oh, shit, now we got bigger problems. Then I hit 20K. I was like, oh, shit. Then I hit 25K. And I was like, oh, shit, this is a whole different uh, spectrum of problems. So, there's that 10k a month is fantastic hit it have a goal but don't be so 
short-sighted that that's the end-all be-all. What's your trajectory for the next 10 years? Like, don't build a 10K a month business, build a 20-year game plan that's going to be a career. Like, put the, if you set up the foundation the right way, as opposed to just like get rich quick scheme, it's going to be, you're going to have just so much more compounded success and you'll, you'll be getting clients. Like I get clients that I haven't from, from people that I, that I talked to two years ago. Hey, Dorian, I remember that call. Oh, sure. No, but sure. And, and they're ready. Hey, I've been seeing your content. Hey, I've seen your content for the last year and a half and I'm ready now. That's the thing. That's the takeaway. Get to that 10 K, but have that long-term vision where you're like, you're going to be in business in five years and 10 years and 15 years. Where well, and gonna... I think also one thing to have this discussion, and that is that <clears throat> 10K ain't going to give you a business, dude. That's not a business. That's a, that's a glorified freelance. That's, that's the other thing. 10K isn't, and that's the point I was trying to make. Like 10K isn't the end all be all. Like you don't take home just because you 10K through your stripe means that you're processing 9,000 into your bank account after Stripe fees. And then from there, you've got software fees and then you've got whatever fees and then you got to pay your rent and then you got to pay for lunch. You're left with a couple of grand at the end of the month. So 10K isn't the end all be all. It's like, what do I really want out of life? It's great to have goals, but like Grant Cardone says, don't think, you know, 10X your goals, like fucking shoot for 100K a month, shoot for 50K a month. Don't shoot for 10K a month. And then- so in that, um, we're able to create these businesses that are, you know, 10K a month gives you 120 grand a year. You put it all in, you can make a good living. But anybody that's doing this should really framework themselves to do 100 grand. Totally. Because that's the thing. If you're shooting for 100K, you'll hit 30K, 40K, 50K, and that'll be a game-changing number as opposed to hitting 10, shooting for 10K and doing 5K and then being disappointed that- So let's you know, do this. I'm going to loop this thing back because I think this will be pretty good. I'm going to have a little of this bang right here because I'm going to bang off. <laughs> and this is like the worst one that I've ever actually done. Which one is it? <laughs> so I don't get that one. <laughs> Never even- I, I, they always are the last one that I ever drink and I don't ever drink these. So <laughs> anyways, um, so let, let's look at, let's look at this. It's time to do gangster shit. And right. a gangster really ain't a gangster until he has an, like some kind of machine running and he's really making systematic. We're kind of funny. We're standing with gangster shit, but really he's running. And that's why I say like, it, you know, drug dealers could do well because they're, they're literally building a machine. They're getting guys to run with them, you know, everything like that. I'm not promoting you sell drugs. <laughs> in California, you could just go buy them in the store. Okay. 100% legal folks. <laughs> just go get it. Don't do stupid shit. So let's talk about when the gangster needs to come in. And the real truth is most people just aren't gangsters yet. So the $10,000 marker, you're not ready to be the gangster. What you're doing is you're putting the frameworks in and you're practicing every single day and you're trying to tweak a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you're learning about that audience. And I think to be a gangster is when you have some momentum and then you can actually pivot when there's problems that come about. You can't threaten anybody as a gangster when you have nothing. 
You have no, yeah. you have no leverage. And you got so, no clout. You have no clout and you have no leverage. And so where a lot of people miss is that they're missing that next step where it's like, okay, I got, I really do got to grind through this shit. I got to grind through it. But what people don't, um, they miss is the next 20 grand or 15 grand or whatever is multiplying the system, which is much different than fueling the rocket and shooting all of that rocket fuel in the very beginning. It's a lot easier once it goes. And so it's like, there's a, there is some hustle, you know, when people are writing in there, like, don't, they, they use it as their negative terms. You don't have to hustle. You don't have to call it whatever you want. You get your ass out of freaking bed and do the work. Dude, I call the biggest, I've seen those posts as well. And I see people, oh, you know, come in and I think it's some kind of reverse psychology of like, oh, you don't have to hustle. You don't have to grind it up. Guess what? You do have to eat shit sandwiches for a couple of years. I don't care what kind of business. If you're selling cars, until you become a rock star, you got to eat shit sandwiches. If you're freaking starting a contracting business, you got to eat shit sandwiches. That doesn't mean being broke for two years, but that means knowing every facet of your business, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, building a, setting those systems up and building them out and then doubling down on what does work. And like you said, it's like figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and then what works. All you got to do is do more of it. It's, it's really kind of stupid simple if you think about it, but you got to figure out what does work, what works for you, what works in your market. And you have to grind it out. No matter who's, who's trying to do anything, don't let anybody talk to you, talk you into thinking that, hey, it's all fairy dust and, and bonbons on the couch. You're going to have to eat some shit sandwiches. If you're going to be an entrepreneur... There's going to be days you don't feel like doing stuff. That's what it really means to be a gangster, to do gangster shit. Like, I don't feel like getting out of bed sometimes. I don't feel like building out a client campaign. I don't feel like dealing with a client that's going to call me and chew me out because they didn't magically hit a million dollars after their ads got launched in the first 24 hours. But I have to do that, reframe their expectations and talk to them. There's a lot of shit that you don't want to do, but you just have to do it. And that's... That's why there's so much opportunity to make a lot of money as an entrepreneur, but you got to do a lot of shit that you don't do in corporate nine to five that nobody yes. tells you about. And also what people should have the, the, the belief in is that once you start answering those questions, that things that took you four hours to do will take you one. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's once you, you, you got it. You don't know what you don't know until you know you don't know that you know them. So like literally just you don't know this, figure it out, find a solution. Now you can either put an SOP together and delegate it to someone or now you can do it in a fraction of the time and not have to worry about doing it ever again. And I think being on this conversation of um, we've obviously we attached an amount to it and we said 10 grand. I think there's some things that are quite interesting here and that is that um, when you go and do a business or we're considering coaching or if, or if you're consulting or whatever, it's, it's framed many times around an individual experience, kind of like therapy, right? But in the way that we run these businesses, they're not ran like therapy. They're, they're ran by um, a, a growth through a framework. And I'm going to support you through that framework. I, I, I like to say that it's just like fighting. You know, your, your trainer can only take you to the ring. He never jumps in there and fights for you. You, you have to take what you've been taught then go fight in the ring alone. And then when you come back, he's going to be like, dude, you should have ducked, bro. 
<laughs> and then you're like, okay, now I know I should duck. And then you go back again, but you're in the fight alone. And I think that anybody that's going to start in any of these type of businesses, I think what you're sharing is so valuable. And that is that there comes a point where you're like, I'm getting all this information. And then there comes a point where it's like, okay, now I got to do my gangster shit. Totally. And totally. I think that that's where you're sharing the disconnect. Totally. 100%. You nailed it. It's literally like, hey, if I think it's Robert Kiyosaki that said this in one of his books. If we went by just knowledge and not implementation, librarians, because they're surrounded by books all day, should literally be the richest people in the world. College professors should literally, I'm not knocking them, but they should literally, they know textbooks, they're experts on their subjects. They should be billionaires, right? They're surrounded by all this knowledge. It's not about having the knowledge. It's about having the execution on the knowledge. It's about like literally, I don't care what you know, but just implement some of it and go from there and figure out what you don't know as you go. I think not today I, was doing, I was doing a lot of thinking on through this process and think about other people and how they lay it out. And I, I like to, just because my brain works, I like to come, like grab something that makes sense to me and then kind of like yeah. add it, right? <laughs> like if you learn a, a different language, kind of grab a word that you know, and then you kind of bring it together and then you can kind of work it that way. I, I speak three, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I might have ADD, so I speak a couple different languages too. <laughs> there you go. So my point is though, if you look at Warren Buffett, and I've been thinking through this a lot because I also want to manage my expectations. When I go do things, I want to manage my expectations because if I'm going to go to someone and say, hey, I need your help, how much expectations can I really ask from them? There comes a point where like, dude, I can't run it for you. You're going to have right. to get on the pony, right? And <clears throat> when everybody talks about how um, Warren Buffett reads like five hours a day. And what he says is he reads and he only grabs what he can apply and then moves forward. And I think that what people need to do is look at these coaching programs and these consulting and these programs that they're, that they're reading a book, they're getting involved in a book and they're reading it from cub from the front to the end. And then as they're going through it, it's impossible to pick everything up in a week. You can't pick up the entire week. You read two or three, you read the book two or three times if it's good, right? And if you want to look at a, you want to look at a book, go, people look at to read, look at and keep going. They don't have it down. And you could look at the Quran. You could look at the Book of Mormon. You could look at the Bible, making sure that I get everybody in there today. So ultimately, ultimately, unbiased, non-discriminatory. We all got to get a little gangster. <laughs> so, but, no, but, but you're 100% right. What you're looking for from a coaching program, from a book, it's that one thing that resonates with you that you can implement into your business that'll multiply your results. So your coach isn't going to save your life. A coach is going to give you the shit that you have to read, that you have to process, that you have to consume, that you have to then take and implement into your life. That's, you know, I've got, if I look throughout the last four or five years, I've spent a lot of money on coaching, coaching programs, a lot of just everything from the Black Friday specials that you see. I've, I've got a freaking folder full of them, but I go through the coaching programs. I go through the coaches, the courses, the whatever you want. 
And if I take one little thing from there that I can implement into my business, it's a freaking success. I don't, I'm not looking at that course to be my end all be all my coach to be Ooh, my end all you're, be all. You're nailing it. You're nailing it. It's me. I'm moving forward and I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to add it to me moving forward. And the answer has to be, I'm going forward with or without you. And then when you hire somebody to help you, you then go forward. And then when that person says in that, that's what you have to keep doing. You have to then look at yourself and go, oh shit. Totally, totally. It's, it's, it all goes back to yourself. It has to, it all goes back to like, Hey, I got to make that conscious decision to improve myself and not let my past beliefs keep me from where I want to get into the future. Dude, what an amazing podcast, brother. <laughs> I've had a really good time, man. This, I mean, just that statement right there made me go, that is it. That's it. And I think that though this conversation, as in mindset that we're, what we're talking about, the majority of people, either you're going to run ads or you do organic, either way, you're going to have to grab the shovel and start digging. You can't delegate everything. The, the organic isn't the problem. The ads isn't the problem. Your funnel isn't the problem. Just do more. Just go out there and do more. Literally. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the DMs. It's not the, the, the posting. Dude, get a strategy, become really freaking good at it, and then figure out how you can do way more of it. And then when you max out on that, put a couple more strategies in there. But do more. Don't post. Um, so I going into all this false belief and I had the biggest false belief for the last two years. I was literally, if you, if you brought up TikTok to me, I would have been like, you're, it's a joke. It's kids dancing. It's, 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 it's literally a joke. I'm not going to, no, let's, my let's time. get real here. If you want to get gangster, what you meant is if I go to TikTok, do I have to dance? <laughs> <laughs> hey, a couple of shots of Patron. I don't know. Maybe we'll consider it, but, but. That was the first thing I thought when that thing started. I was like, here we go. <laughs> I thought it was a joke until this one thing happened that totally shifted my mind and it changed the way I looked at it. Just like we're talking about now. I was at happy hour having cocktails with one of my good buddies. A couple of ladies sit down next across the bar from us. We start talking. Hey, what do you do? Hey, I own a marketing agency. What do you do? Oh, I'm on TikTok. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Very funny. How do you pay your bills? What do you do for work? No, no, I'm on TikTok. I go, okay, how do you pay your rent every month? I'm on TikTok. Last January, last December, we did $90,000 in 30 days. And we average about 40 to 50K a month. I'm like, did you start how much you did you start dancing in front? Okay. I was like, yo, yo, you got to tell me about some of this TikTok. All of a sudden, you know, I'm very open to this TikTok thing, man. She goes, I've never, I don't dance on camera and I've never spent a penny on ads. Cause that was my next question. I goes, how much did you spend on Facebook ads, on YouTube ads, on Google ads, like Instagram? Like, what did you spend? How much are you spending on ads? And she goes, I've never spent a penny on ads. It's all organic 100%. And she showed me her little process. I was hooked. I was like, you got to show me this. I have to, I, I, I cannot comprehend this. She showed me the little iPad, the little sketches she does upload those as videos. Um, those little videos drives traffic to her Shopify store, sells little canvases and t-shirts, all organic, all that. And I realized 
I've been shitting on this platform for two years. I've got my own limiting beliefs. It's up to me to like, am I going to knock it and let that train skyrocket past me and then like have that buyer's remorse in a couple of years? Or am I going to be uncomfortable and get into it? So I dove into it for a couple, for three months, was really uncomfortable, started ground zero, nothing, no followers, no nothing. Couldn't figure it out. Grew one channel to uh, to 6K. I was like, hey, listen, I, I got it. I can figure this out. So I took the same skills that I learned from the one channel, started a second channel, grew that over to uh, like 10K in two weeks. And I was like, hey, listen, if we did refine the process once, refined it the second time, what can we do the third time? Grew a third channel to 28K um, in 90 days in the first 10, 10K followers in like a week and a half. And we're at like 49K followers, 3.2 million views, all because I was willing to get uncomfortable and break my own limiting beliefs and realize that like, hey, you can make money and get traction and get traffic and generate uh, attention on different platforms. It's not the platform. It's me because I didn't know how to do it. It's not TikTok's fault. It's me because I didn't have the skill set to do it four months ago, five months ago. I think what you just said was super important in the fact that there is going to be a massive shift in the next five years. And if you don't have the ability to find ways to open your mind, you're going to really be in a lot of trouble, I believe. Wait, dude. Where were we all two, uh, well, a month ago when Facebook and Instagram were down? Who was not shitting their pants for a little bit? I was like, yeah, that's because I, they, they just actually ported you into the new meta. You just didn't know. They shut everything <laughs> off. They moved everybody in. <laughs> that's what happened. They shut it. But dude, I was having a panic attack. My, my main business, my, I own a Facebook ads agency that generates leads for home service pros across the country. And like I said, it's a Facebook ads agency. <laughs> what would you have done if it didn't work? If it would have went down, what would you, if Facebook, there would have been, what would you, there would have been, there would have been some restructuring. I'm, I mean, I'm on Google and I'm on YouTube. Damn gangster. You'd have to get gangster. I still got to eat. Right. <laughs> so, but that's the thing. We got to constantly be evolving and bettering ourselves, improving ourselves. The, the you of yesterday that got you to where you were, the skills that you have were for great for yesterday, but for tomorrow, there's a whole new set of skills, not like rebuilding, but like improving upon and adding. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. Don't be scared to improve. Don't be scared to, to add new skills to your repertoire at the end of so the day. So I had, um, I think something to add to that is or the question when I was asked is why <clears throat> I've been kind of lost behind this, but why do you think people don't go after those skills and just master them? Because we're scared, man. It's like, Hey, I had this I epiphany. A who you are and we don't know how to not like, so for example, if someone's a drinker all the time, that's what to quit drinking isn't just about quit drinking. It's that's what they, that's their thing. That's who. How do I socialize if I don't have drinks in my hand? And then if I take that away, uh, that's where I go to. And I can understand. That. I can respect it. I get it. It's not. I mean, maybe not respect it, but I understand the formula. But you have to constantly be doing these self evaluations. I feel like as a high level individual, hundred percent. You have to be going through. I've been in this marketing space for four years now. And uh, literally, you know, my bread and butter has always been Facebook, Facebook ads, driving traffic, building funnels, but driving traffic to funnels. 
Now, I thought that was the end-all, be-all of marketing. Yes, I knew copywriting and all this other stuff is, 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 is part of it. But about two weeks ago, I, I, I picked up an old-school Dan Kennedy course, which I, I think you're, if you're familiar with him, and the ultimate sales letter over there. Dude, I love that guy. And I listened to his old school type, his old school course. And he, oh, there you go, bro. There you go. I love that one. Hell yeah. <laughs> Rockstar. Yeah. But, but I realized like, dude, I'm missing out on so much of marketing by just pigeonholing myself as a Facebook and funnel guy. Like there's so much more. There's the organic, there's the follow-up, there's the email sequence, there's the post buy sequence, there's establishing yourself as an expert once somebody gives you money by sending them emails every day, sending them a, a care package. So it's, there's, you can never be the best. It's always that you're chasing that elusive thing. It's kind of like that, the, the, the dog with the bone tied up uh, on a stick in front of him. I think that's the biggest thing. Once you realize you'll never be who you want to be, but you're always chasing a version of yourself to improve upon. And that's okay. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to like, how can I be better tomorrow than I was today? Not to be the best ever in the world because that'll never happen, but how can I be better tomorrow than today? How can I be better in five years than I am right now exponentially? What are the little micro steps that I have to make take in that right direction? What are the right coaches that I got to get, you know, pay to, to teach me? What are the right courses that I got to do? What are the right mentorships? Um, I'll use this analogy. I mean, I brought up religion earlier, but, you know, in the Bible, they have where Jesus was roaming and people would come out just to be around him. And they said, if I'm around you, I, I'm going to change. That was the whole parable. That was the whole uh, Bible verse in the whole book talking about that. It's basically, if I can get around this person, then I'm going to be healed, right? I think as humans, um, we do the same thing. And I think that there's a sense of, if you find someone that's doing what you're doing, what you want to do and you want to get to, it's not just about, am I going to get the framework? What you're doing is you're jumping on their RPMs. You're jumping in their energy field on their frequency that's already freaking working that's what i'm giving you money for as a coach i'm giving your attitude your positivity your your frequency is going to rub off on me and if i could get a little sliver of that and build my own friction and then start my own bonfire then i'm good to go that's Not, where that people plays out a lot um i moved to thailand and i'll never forget walking into the gym and it was a muay thai gym and I'll never forget watching these guys run around, you know, and due to a cultural difference in a jungle. And I never, I'll never forget watching them. They're making these noises and they're noise. Oi, oi, hey, oi, 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 oi. And there's these, all these weird noise. And I'm laughing inside. I'm like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? I've seen this movie before. It doesn't end well. My guy always gets his neck broken. What am I doing over here? So, but I'm like, okay, I'm kind of laughing at him. I live there for a year. I come back and I tell my family, I'm like, I'm basically Mowgli. I have changed. <laughs> I am a jungle kid and I make all these funny noises and I have literally become this guy who now is, is portraying the same attributes as that person. And what we're talking about here is that you, and the only reason I did that is because I was so close to them that I became 
totally and that same line is when you get into a coach or something else really what you're doing is you're going dude how does that guy keep going and if his rpms are running high and i get close to him my natural energy is going to want to keep going and so you're buying movement you're not just buying frameworks you're buying movement you're buying energy you're buying that frequency that that you're that you're around and if you if you take that i took that a step fo- uh, further and i hack my whole entire life if you're low frequency, when I talk to you on the phone, I will like literally excuse myself nicely and get a, it's different in a business situation where you need it. But I'm talking about like my friends, my people that I associate with the people that I spend time with are where we're on the same wavelength where we've, we've got goals, we've got things like I physically cannot talk to somebody that's at a low vibration just because I'm going to go crazy. I feel like it's like, I'm literally tearing my soul out and I won't put myself through that. So it's, uh, it's that at the end of the day, it's figuring out what frequency you, you resonate with and surrounding yourself with it, coaching, friends, relationships, life, life in general. So anyways, yeah, man. I mean, I think that, you know, tapping into being able to have frameworks adding people that create frequency and then creating ultimate um, uh, responsibility is, is really the formula to success. Yep. You nailed it. People around you, your own responsibility, and then you're really not alone. And then just go do the work. <laughs> That's pretty Get on it. <laughs> Uh, hey, where can I pay somebody to go work out for me? <laughs> yeah. Where can I go pay somebody to, uh, to read all these books for me, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, I've delegated things that I wish I didn't. And then, um, you know, I've done and then I've done things I should have delegated. And I, I think that there's an ebb and flow here. And I think that people should understand that this is an ebb and flow. This is a move through until you get to that point where there's a tipping point and you feel it. It's like, a, it's like something sucks you in. All of a sudden, it kind of connects a little. And then you, oh, 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 here, I'm floating. <laughs> you just, you wake up one day. It doesn't have to be waking up, but like all of a sudden you have this, and I've had it a couple of times, you know, over the last few years where you've been banging your head against the wall, trying to figure something out. And then all of a sudden, it just feels like the matrix opened up and you're like, holy shit, this all makes sense. This all makes sense. So but you got to do the, you got to do the work. You got to put the time in, you got to put the effort in. You got to eat that and shit. Believe sandwich. that that is coming. Believe it. You have to, even in the weirdest, it comes down to faith, dude. It, it, it's like, if I'm willing to put in the work, I, I, I have to have that faith, dude. I mean, it's, but I, but, but that's part of, that's part of the, uh, that 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 hits on the the entrepreneur the dude that's like all scarred up and got has arrows in his back and all that like dude i don't care like i don't care how many times i fail i just care that i get up one more time that i fail my favorite story that my dad so my dad is the one that got me into this he bought me my first copy of think and grow rich when i was 12 he used to go to like the tom hopkins and all these seminars cuz he was a real estate broker real estate agent And so growing up, he would like instill this and I would listen on the cassette players to his cassettes while he was listening to them in the car. Those Um, big, huge binder ones that you would open up. (laughs) Dude, dude, yes. 
the collect the ultimate collection by <laughs> like holy and then you open them up and then there's the cassette players in there and he said i'm about to meet heaven uh, through this thing this exchange yeah like, date with it's destiny like, you know, and you'd be like, don't don't touch them i spent a thousand bucks for those cassettes over there but oh, those that's great and one of my favorite things that he got into me until i you know he, he told me the story and then i i saw read it myself but it's the 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 thomas edison one where there was a reporter came to his factory in menlo park new jersey and he saw him working he, he was working on a light bulb the reporter was in the room and light flickers on for 30 seconds a couple of seconds bam done explodes and he takes out his journal writes something down and the, the reporter goes uh you failed like what what's wrong with you he's like no i didn't fail that was number 9,997 or whatever it was. All I'm doing is I'm, I'm at one point, I'm going to run out of things that don't work and find the one that does. And if you have that, 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 that viewpoint in life that like, Hey, you don't know what it is. You don't know that one skill. You don't know that one DM that might be a game changer. You don't know that one email, that one sales call, that one meeting that you'll have you don't know how it'll change the trajectory of your life. So don't ever give up. Like there's no point in giving up because you've already put so much effort. If you look at it just from a common sense way, you've already put so much effort. You don't know what there, what the little amount of effort that's needed to push you over the edge to get to where you're going to. So why would you give up? Why would you give up on five, 10, 15, 20 years? There was an effort? analogy that there was a swimmer. And he swam from LA and he was on his way all the way to Catalina. And he got almost there and he said, I'm tired. I'm going back. <laughs> exactly. Like, why would you, why would you do that? And that's why it's really important to surround yourself with the right, the right books, the right mentality, because all these books, people, people laugh at me, like my friends, oh, you've got all these books. I've got a huge collection. I've spent thousands of dollars just on books. I've got my coffee table filled with, with hundreds of books. And you just need a Lamborghini in front of it. And you're the perfect marketing piece. Bro, you know what? Give me six months, man. I'm here in my garage. <laughs> That's all you need. Isn't that Ty Lopez? He has all those books. Yeah. It's all you got. It's a formula, brother. But, but it's all these little nuggets, man. It's these little nuggets that like give it to you in a different way. And that's what I was trying to say earlier about the marketing, the Dan Kennedy, the, 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 the Gary Halbert, the Russell Brunson, all this stuff. It's all the same shit. It's not shit, but it's all phenomenal stuff. But I had this experience where I read it from Russell Brunson's book, but I read this other guy, Jeff Walker's book that Russell learned from but it didn't quite hit register when I read Russell's book. But when I read this guy's book, I had an aha moment. So you've got a launch formula. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when you do it from all different angles, you don't know which one you're going to mesh with. You don't know which one you're going to be receptive to. So just fill your head with freaking knowledge and, and, and run with it, man. Don't give up. No excuses. That's be awesome. a gangster and go do some gangster shit. <laughs> Dude, what a podcast. I appreciate you being on here, man. You've done an amazing job. How do people find you? Um, hit me up on Facebook, Dorian Serbin, Instagram, Dorian Serbin, or TikTok. I got a couple of uh, TikTok channels. If you're looking to grow your TikTok, go to viralgrowthsecrets.com. Viral growth but, uh, secrets for TikTok. And uh, 
you're the man to share with. That's awesome, man. I appreciate your time here. You've been an incredible guest. I hope you come back. I think we flowed pretty damn good, buddy. <laughs> Dude, I had a blast, man. It was fun. All right, man. Get on it. Thanks a lot. Peace. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.